This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, this is Michelle Nagel. Welcome again to Roar to Win. And our guest today is Linda Mercer, who is a, what's the MSW? MSW, Master of Social Work. Okay, thank you. Master of Social Work. Okay. She's a best-selling author of Rebuild Your Immune System in 10 Minutes a Day, coach and creator of the Healing Miracles Roadmap. She brings over 20 years as a licensed psychotherapist, which I would have gotten besides the MSW, (laughs) as well as certifications in functional nutrition and health coaching to her work of helping her clients discover and ignite their innate healing powers in order to create optimal health, happiness, and abundance in their lives. Linda helps her clients break through mindset blocks so they can turn on and maintain the placebo effect, take control of their health, and show up powerfully in life. Linda has developed strategies using the most cutting-edge mindset and energy therapies to help her clients gain clarity, unshakable confidence, and the skills necessary to create ideal, vibrant health, happiness, and abundance. She's partnered with the medical school at the University of Arizona and the Marriott Hotels to offer cutting-edge seminars and retreats. She has a master's degree in social work from Arizona State University and an undergraduate in English literature and psychology from Marymount Manhattan College in New York City. So welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be able to share. Um, I, there were a couple of things that, as I was reading your bio, that I am very interested to have you tell us more about as we go through the uh, conversation. And that was the, um, let's see, that to ignite your innate healing powers. So you're talking about the healing powers within ourselves, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, most cutting edge mindset and energy therapies. That's, I want to hear about that too. So um, those sound like to be kind of an unusual direction for a psychotherapist to go. Have you found that, that that makes you a little bit different than everybody else? Well, it does, but I believe my work is, I believe in the body, mind, the soul. So, or the spirit is all one. So in all my years of doing psychotherapy, I work with clients on all levels. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason that I, I'm so interested in health and wellness and became a psychotherapist in the first place was that I had an experience in my late thirties where I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis oh and told that there was nothing I could do. And I would just have to take medications for the rest of my life. And I would just continue to deteriorate. And I used our topic of today. I, you know, one of the qualities I had was just this optimism. I just believed there was, had to be some other uh, possibilities to recover and reverse this. And so I uh, opened up to that possibility and the rest of it is that I was able to find the right healers, et cetera, even in 1984, um, that helped me to completely recover from it. So I, I had this passion and as I 
moved along, you know, with this recovery that was so miraculous that I completely reversed it in five months. And I was like literally disabled by it before I started this healing journey. And I was so, you know, excited about it. And I was trying to share it with everyone. And people would just sort of glaze over. Their minds weren't really open to it. So I thought, you know, the first thing that I, I knew that my mission from that moment is, as I was healing was to help other people uh-huh. recover, uh, you know, recover from uh, chronic conditions right. and or chronic disease. And so I thought, well, in order to do that, I really believe I'm going to have to uh, focus on working with people's mental, emotional, spiritual uh-huh. states to uh-huh. help them do that. Right. So that's how I became a psychotherapist with that intention. So I've always incorporated it with my clients. And Well, that's quite a story because I've known so many people who have had MS and it's debilitated them. So to have you be able to reverse it in five months is really quite amazing. And that's something that, um, wow, I, I think is a tremendous value to your clients to be able to even give them the hope that they don't have to live their lives that way. Yes, it is. I, I, I you know, I, people come oftentimes and they just, the, one of the most common things I hear is I, you know, I just feel like I'm the walking dead. You know, I just, I, I just barely, uh, you know, survive through the days. And it's, it's, it's so dis, you know, it's so heartening to know that I can offer something different, that that doesn't have to be the way because it's still the main thing that people are told. Still, oh, yeah. it's, it's definitely it's definitely the most common um, way that most people are, you know, diagnosed and you have to get the prognosis is just yeah they're not given much that they're that they don't really have you know there are there are medications now there weren't even medications then uh-huh. but it's pretty much going to be medication oriented right medications and no hope other than that right right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, our the acronym for Roar to Win is Resilience, Optimism, Accountability, and Resourcefulness. And it sounds like in order to overcome your illness, you pretty much had to use all four of those. Right. But today we're going to be um, talking about optimism. So what does optimism mean to you? Optimism to me means having above all just a positive outlook on life well, that includes help, hopefulness and confidence. So it's the confidence in the future, confidence that, uh, that you'll have a positive outcome in any situation. Just, con- just confidence that I can do this, things will work out, things will be okay, there, there, we will find a solution. Okay, um, okay no, that no. sounds almost kind of like it has a little bit of faith in there too. Like you have to. Oh, believe. definitely. For me, it's you know the it, all the studies that um, they have on optimism, positive thinking, um, show, and in my book, that's you know a, a book about how to reverse autoimmune disease. Um, you know, there are I have a whole chapter on spirituality and faith because well, the faith is also part of your just belief system. So that's going to be um, the confidence that you have. Confidence really is belief. Mm-hmm. and a very strong belief and yeah. you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in your own abilities and you have and also people with faith believe that there's something they're not alone 
that there's that they can draw on this other you know amazing power to help them so so people with faith and people with spirituality are proven to be healthier uh, live longer recover from serious illness more easily quicker etc there's all the studies in there yes i've heard it as um even if all you can do is believe that the universe is out to do you good mm -hmm. I, i'd say that it's really it's really believing like whatever it doesn't have to be you know religion or even spirituality exactly it's just it is really believing the universe has my back yes and it's organizing every minute it, every minute of the day it's organizing itself to support me for my success and happiness right so, so it's just believing that there's always you know the universe is there to help you which is the opposite of optimism you know so that basically if you're a pessimist you don't believe that there's any support there you believe things always go wrong for you yes that you that you always mess up or the universe just is is against you right so it's just kind of that opposite yeah some of those words would be everything always happens to me or nothing ever goes well for me or you know just um really truly that that looking at the negative aspect so what role has optimism played in your life it's played a major role of everything that I do. I, I grew up, fortunately, I feel blessed about this. I didn't grow up in a perfect home. <laughs> and I, you know, I really do believe it's not the topic of today, though, that a lot of people with autoimmune disease have um, developed it through challenges during childhood. But, I grew, but my parents were very, very optimistic and they believed that they could do things for example when i was very young like very small my father started his business that finally became very successful twice and went completely broke had to move back to my his father-in-law's farm and work as a you know and lived in this little tiny bunkhouse and but he would he went back and he you know tried again he failed again but he you know, believed he knew he could do it. He just believed in himself. And, and my, my parents had a lot of faith. I was raised in a very strong faith-based home. Uh -huh. And and he just, they, so he just kept, you know, at it. And he, and they created this very successful business, no college education, raised six children. And from there on out, my parents would always, my father would just say, you know, I want to do this. Like, for example, he wanted to fly an airplane. And... He goes, I'm going to learn how to fly. Okay. He went out and learned how to fly. Well, he's still running this business, of course. And then he was like, I'm going to get an airplane. An airplane, his own private plane. Well, he would go out. He went out and got his airplane he had for 35 years. Mm -hmm. and, and it was that kind of, um, you know, that's more materialistic, but his other was, uh, I want to build this successful business and live this life and be you know contribute to the community etc and and they always just they always believed there was a way to do it and that you could do it you know and that and they felt very supported but you know faith-wise that they felt that um, i learned that as a child if you asked how it played out in my life from the time i was you know little child i used to the, the simplest thing i go please go you know i need to find my shoe or i can find something or this i would pray and i'd always believed that it would happen and you know when I was little it's it my memory of it now is that it happened you know m almost all the time 
So, and then when I was like in eighth grade, I started planning my life, how I wanted it to be. And it was, I had this vision that I was going to live in New York City. And I grew up in Washington State. So I'm in Pacific Northwest. I wanted to live in New York City in a certain way and help work, uh, help a certain business. And I I was going to study in in Europe first. I was going to study in in Geneva. And I, I I planned all this out. And all of that came to be, you know, and because really optimism is part, and this is part of faith also or the universe or quantum physics or however you view that, you know, that things manifest um, of, of really creating what you believe that is, is possible to create. So, so everything that I imagined, like that was happening. Does it, didn't it turn out perfect? Did I not have ups and downs? No, but I always had that, um, that belief that that I could create that I would that I could create what I wanted to create and that there was a way to do it that I have failures and not quite make it but I typically go back you know like I think optimism is about um, looking at just not letting it stop you like you you go back and you see what you can learn from it so experience so so you see failure is like uh, like life is a big classroom sort of and that every experience you have whether it's success immediately or failure is this opportunity to learn from it so so instead of saying like this always happens I, I, it's never going to change i screw up everything you see it's just not for me i'm just not lucky you know all of these these kind of thoughts or this always happens like it's a permanent situation instead of a temporary um, that is just the opposite of what, what optimism is. So, yes. so that's how it's played out and, you know, played out. And it's, um, I, I, I believe, you know, that that is how I was able to reverse the multiple sclerosis in five months. And since then, that was 34 years ago. I've, you know, I, health isn't, isn't static, you know, it's, so you're always having, the body just and the mind and the soul are working together and you have other challenges health challenges and whenever I have one I always think in fact this year I got rear-ended and um, I got a concussion and it was a pretty bad one and I also got um, vertigo concussion vertigo and a neck injury all at once Uh and the doctors were telling me like well you know this is you know really they were just telling me these horrible things like maybe my my like I felt like my neck might just snap at any moment the, what they were telling me you know and they had taken some x-rays and that um the concussion uh that at this age <laughs> which is anything over 50 <laughs> that the brain shrinks yeah and that there's more room and that it just left they were and there was so much negativity in what they were telling me but very strong what they believed um and i did the mris i did the tests etc but i always in my mind i thought i don't believe you and even if i do you know i don't it could be true but i'm not just buying i'm just not saying oh my god this is what's going to happen and this is going to be horrible and i'll be you know 
affected for the rest of my life or this is, could be permanently damaging to me. Even, even if it could, I just felt like, you know, I'll work through it. And, and even when I was diagnosed with MS, I, what I credit the biggest part of my healing was when I turned to my faith. And, and I thought, you know what, even if I can't recover from multiple sources, and even if it continues to deteriorate me, I am still going to use this for good. There's some purpose. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, right. I, there's a purpose. There's something positive that will come out of this. It wasn't like I had this specific, uh, you know, attachment to a specific outcome. It was that I just trusted that it was meant to be that somehow in the big picture and I would do my best and I would use, try and be as positive as I, as I could and, and be as resourceful and resilient um, as I could also. And, and that's, and I think that's the, the resourcefulness comes from, there's another way. There's always a way. Right. There always you know, is a way to do to do it. And that 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 leads into, you know, one of the three main things that I think is that you're much more creative um, and expansive when you have optimism. Yes. And so you're able to actually see those things that are sitting right in front of you that you can go ahead and, and use. All right. You open up to the possibility of things that before as you just close down to all possibility. Yes, absolutely. You've got to just get creative. And and I kind of use it. I think a lot of people, optimists, use it for everything. It's like, I know there's a way to do this. You just find the creative ways to do, to do, to make things happen. Yes. Without, without the absolute attachment to it, this has to happen. You know, it's like, maybe it won't happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to go down every avenue that I can. And see if I can make it happen if it if it's meant to be and if it's happening and if it's not then I'm going to let it go and you know see what that meant what that was all about right I was taught by uh, Jack Canfield who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and also the Success Principles that when you uh, set an intention that and have the optimism necessary to do it that it's important to say um, this or something better I love that I love that. I, I have this one story. One of my first clients as a psychotherapist mm-hmm. was because of what you just said. So um, she was married to a man and she, she had a child in college. I think it was first year of college, but, but she, she was married to a hospital administrator and he had secretly without her knowing signed a um, agreement that he that his home was collateral if that hospital should go down. He was one of the hospital owners administrators. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. So well, it went down, and they lost their home. Wow! Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful home. Very, you know, they were obviously doing very well. Lost everything. Okay, but when I started seeing her, she had lost twenty pounds. She was in severe depression. She couldn't eat. She was just you know hopeless, feeling hopeless and helpless. Mm-hmm. And we started working with that. Well, we started working with this. Or she, and she imagined she was going to live in, she was positive. I'm gonna, we're going to end up in some little dark, dingy apartment in this horrible place, you know, in upstate New York. Um, not upstate New York, but just north of, the, of Manhattan, New York City. And, um, and she just had that, you know, view that that was going to happen. So 
So I was, so I thought your home, as good as your home or better, as good as your home and your life or better, you know, just started that way. We started that. And I should say, they, he found, um, so he, he ended up starting all of these uh, companies, um, where there where the attorneys work with the uh, physicians for accidents uh-huh. and he ended up opening them up in three states and made a just started making money immediately they ended up buying a home on the water in westport connecticut not very far from paul newman's you know not paul newman's passed away but where where he lived and this was when i first started practicing like i said it was my first clients and um so, and it was this or better. It was better, like way better, like just amazing. So, you know, but, but it was really, it was a process. I mean, this was, didn't happen overnight with her. This was a long process uh, of which I remember one, one clearing, as I, as you read in there, I work, I've always worked with my clients um, on clearing out the unconscious, you know, limiting beliefs or, or negative beliefs that stop us all, you know, everybody has some, I have some that I work on myself. Right. And um, so, so we, we worked on, you know, we, we did a lot of clearing to get her to that place. But when, during one of those clearings, it, you know, the clearings kind of access your higher consciousness. So it talked about, it started talking about God. And she at first said, uh, her first thought was, no, this is not about God. Okay, she was actually a Jewish woman, and she was, but she hadn't been practicing a faith during that time. And over that course of that, that led to her redeveloping a completely different faith. In fact, it was she started following an Indian guru and went over to India and bought a little place. And it was it was a lot, it was a journey, a process. But but this or better, I, I love that that you said that. It just reminds me because I I always I use that because. For myself and for others. Yes, wonderful. So, what are three ways to use optimism to create healing miracles? What are three different ways that you could use them? Use optimism. Um. Well, you. How can you use optimism? The first one is, I'd say, what I what I absolutely believe that we create everything with our mind, and you know, no matter what. Um, holy book you look at the bible or the quran or whatever there's always you know as a man think of there so he is or you know the power of the mind to create um so so of course our soul is the most powerful but our mind to me is the intermediary between our soul and our bodies and our ability our, our taking action in the world so positive thinking and optimism is positive thinking so you can become you know use it to um, create the healing miracles come from using the placebo. Okay, so so uh, or or you can call them spontaneous remission or spontaneous healing. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that is that's created, and they they really they always say there's no explanation, there's no medical explanation, so they call it spontaneous healing or sp- spontaneous remission. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they just say you went into remission. But actually, we know that, you know, the placebo effect, which really is not promoted in our culture or in our culture, for sure. Um, we, don't, we don't look at the placebo effect. Usually, if you talk to people about the mind and the healing, they're still thinking medication or food or supplements or exercise yes. or 
even stress management a little bit. But the mind is still is still challenged for people to understand how powerful the mind is in everything. It creates health, it creates disease. Every single thought that you have, you know, your brain is plastic, plus there's the plasticity of the brain, that means, which only, which means that you can create new neural trans uh, or uh, pathways, okay? Mm -hmm. um, by every thought you think. So what, with a pessimist, they have very, very deeply ingrained wiring in their brain to go to the negative cycle. And if they have 50,000 thoughts a day, which every person does, you know, 90% of those are negative. Right. And they really are. They're, they're, and they're repetitive and, and negative. And so the way that you begin to rewire your brain literally is because the brain is, is, does have that plasticity to rewire it, to create new grooves, like new pathways so that when something happens, we don't go to the old way of thinking, right? We don't go to that old way of thinking and, and, uh, and block it or sabotage or just not ever, we just give up. You know, that's a, a very pessimistic thing. And we can't even try because we feel helpless and hopeless. Right. So, so the positive thinking is the, is the key. It's that, that learning. And if you have, that's all good. I, I can give that now. It, it's, uh, you know, the one of the best first tools to start with, and I'm sure you're very aware of all this, is to um, start noticing your thoughts and recording them in a journal. Just notice, especially when you get upset, especially when you're challenged, especially when you feel frustrated, especially when something's not going your way. Right. Okay. So that's, that's when optimism or pessimism shows up, you know. So, so even in the face of a challenge, what do you tell yourself? What do you tell yourself? What are those thoughts? So if you just start saying, okay, this is, this is how I felt, and this is what I, so your feeling is going to come from what you told yourself. Mm -hmm. yes. okay. So this is what I felt. So what were you telling yourself that made you feel that way? And what was it in the situation? And you, so you just kind of, what was the situation? How did I, what was that feeling? I felt frustrated. I felt hopeless. I felt stupid. I felt whatever. And then you said, what was I telling myself? And then you just, you know, start recording. And I, I always give clients like, uh, I always tell them, take a little notebook. Doesn't matter, little tiny one, big one, whatever you want. And do this for one week. Just step outside of yourself. Step outside of your mind that's already um, automatic thinking. So they're automatic thoughts that are so, um, so root so automatic that we don't even think about them we don't even know how to get out of that pattern right and one of the best ways it's not just to record but the first step is to make a decision that you're going to become an observer of yourself and your thoughts and your behaviors i'm going to step outside my body and it it takes away it completely changes your viewpoint that one thing i'm going to step out of myself and just observe myself and you become an observer. You're not all a royal of emotions and hot buttons, you know, and, and automatic thoughts. So, so that is, you know, one of the first things. So even if you did that, if you only recorded one a day, you know, some people do, you know, it depends on who the person is, but some people do three a day. Even if you did one a day, notice, you just started noticing that. Then you're going to start seeing a pattern, like where does that pattern fall and what kind of situations really 
trigger you. And then we can go back and say, where did those originate? Where did that start? And, and sort of exploring. You don't even need a therapist to do that. You can just say, I wonder, you know, what similar situation did I have that might have created that negative belief or thought, you know, in my life, whether childhood or teenager or other years. So, um, so positive thinking is the, that that's, if you're an optimist, you know, you can use positive thinking to create healing. Healing miracles are going to come from the placebo effect. People's cancer can disappear. And it's not ever a given. I think that, um, you know, I always want to be cautious too when I talk to people like, from my viewpoint, because of the soul and the spirit, it's like you have a relationship with God and you have a path and you have a journey and you have a destiny and you have a destination. And we don't know what God's plans are for us and we can't, we can't, we can never know exactly what's going to happen, right? So there's that, there's that, uh, you know, just knowing like this, this is what I'd like, but I'm not sure. And, and I know that, you know, if I, my, with my faith, I can, you know, find my way with that. So, um, so that's a spontaneous. The other thing about that is that about the positive thinking you develop with optimism, um, you're, you have positive thoughts. You look at things more positively. So every thought that you have, not only does it, you know, create grooves in your brain and pathways to automatic thoughts that you have that create your reality every single reality this is and we're talking about healing miracles but healing miracles are also healing your relationships and healing your issues with money and healing your issues with the job situations or whatever you know we just changing a situation is is from something that always was to something different is is um is a miracle because it's really uh, you can't say how that happened it's like I always was like this, and now it's different. Uh, I mean, you're going to you, you can practice the, the positive thinking and the journaling and the mindfulness and all that. But the other thing about it is that what we know is that um, every thought that you have, every positive thought you have, creates produces um, healthy, supportive neurotransmitters that produce their chemical messengers that go from your thought goes directly into every cell in your body right so in your cell in your body so the 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 really interesting thing about this you know um uh it's really like neuropsychology is that you it goes directly from the brain and into every single cell and your dna is in every single cell Right. And so your DNA, see, most people believe this is one of the big myths. So as you really have to, we have to look at myths, the, the three top myths. I say the, the biggest myth um, that we have in our culture, and maybe a lot of cultures, is that it's in my genes. Okay, did your parents have it? You're, you know, this was, you know, you inherited it. Oh, your mom probably had it, your dad, you know, or somebody had it, or maybe it was a grandma or something like that. But it's in your genes. You have faulty genes, or you just, that's what you inherited. You're stuck with them, kiddo, and you're going to have that. So, so they've got women going and removing both their breasts because their mother had breast cancer. And they will do that. They've, you know, they encourage it. So it's so prevalent in our society. So, um, so the, the truth about, genetics dna though is that only five to ten percent of your dna is fixed mm -hmm. okay so 
you, your DNA is changing every millimeter of a second, depending on the temperature in the room, um, what you're seeing, if there's noise around, if, um, if, if you've had enough sleep, etc. But your thought, every thought that you have impacts your DNA. So, um, so you can change your DNA at every second, and you're actually changing it to how it expresses itself. Okay, so we're not going to go in and change our eye color or something like that because those are the fixed. And there's about 5% of diseases are fixed. Okay, uh -huh. there are 5% of illnesses that are fixed. The rest of them can be remediated. And it depends, like even with multiple sclerosis, I was very fortunate. I um, deteriorated very quickly within nine months. And, but I was a, uh, my, myelin sheath wasn't the scarring wasn't so bad if you get really bad scarring you can still reduce that with a lot of especially laser now and then they're getting more and more things that, that can help but you know if if you're if you lose all of the uh, you know con you know, your connective tissue is very uh, impacted or your joints are already you know deformed from a, you know, a, a rheumatoid arthritis or something you might not be able to change all those things but you can always reverse it put it in the opposite direction and, and improve it um, through that very process so this it works the opposite to um, so negative thinkers or pessimists you know every time they have that thought especially hopelessness hopelessness makes your it causes depression but your immune system goes this way so my book is called Rebuild Your Immune System in 10 Minutes a Day because the immune system is your primary defense against everything. Yes, Not yes. only that, but the immune system attacks your body if it believes it's in danger. Right. Of course it does. And that's the mind. Uh-huh. Okay. Stress causes your immune system to attack your body every second it goes in there to attack the cortisol that your body is creating from the stress the stress hormones which are cortisol or epinephrine or norepinephrine are the ones as soon as that's released into your body and the, the you know the histamines your immune system goes on alert crazy you know, ah, you know send all these attackers to get take care of that uh, stress level that that inflammation that it's causing so so that causes the inflammation and then your 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 um, your your immune system creates more inflammation to heal it's really to heal but chronic it becomes chronic because there's so many of us the chronic negative thinking or chronic you know helplessness or hopelessness or um, lack of resilience lack of uh, resourcefulness is you just has your immune system on, on, on not be able to defend your body and, and also on high alert because you're always feeling threatened instead of challenged, you know. That's, yes, exactly. Uh, we need to take a small break. Yeah, sure. Uh, please come back to listen to more of Linda Mercer, the Healing Miracles Coach. She's got a whole bunch more brilliance to share with us, and we'll be back in a minute. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rhondasvirtualoffice.com 
and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And we are talking with our expert today, the Healing Miracles coach, Linda Mercer, who's written the best-selling book, Rebuild Your Immune System in 10 Minutes a Day. And she is a coach and creator of the Healing Miracles Roadmap. So thank you very much, Linda, for the brilliance that you've been sharing with us so far. Our topic that we've been talking about is optimism and how it can create healing miracles in your life and many other miracles as well, not just those with healing. So um, how, does, how do you think optimism makes you more creative? Well, that's one of the most um, exciting parts of optimism is that when you are optimistic, and you see things through a positive lens, it's a world of possibilities. And people who, are, who lack creativity, they don't lack creativity at their soul level. They lack it because they learned helplessness. They learned hopelessness. So it's a programming issue. It's a programming issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you learn hopelessness and helplessness, you shut down. You believe there's nothing, doesn't matter what I do, why be creative? I'm not, besides, I'm not even, you know, I'm not capable of being creative because I, you know, this is not in me. So there's, there's nothing I can do if I can't be resourceful um, or optimistic because there's nothing that's going to make a difference. Awesome. So, but when you're optimist, when you're an optimist and optimism, it's the, your first, you know, one of your first thoughts. Now, you know, you know, as well as I, because I know that you're a very optimistic person as well, work in the, you know, personal growth arena and, and et cetera, um, that everybody, all of us that work in it or don't work in it, many times you get some situations where, you know, the, you know, the world just kind of falls in on you, you know, and you really collapses in on you and or, or you have a really traumatic experiences and it's not like an optimist always a hundred percent goes like oh this is you know this is fine we're going to just change it and you can go through that first but it's kind of the ability how quickly can you shift that how how quickly can you then begin to start looking at it from that creative way so so um you're up to about creativity right yeah so creativity like expands you it expands you. It opens you up to new, new ideas, new experiences, and that's what gets that you're more creative. So you, you start thinking, I, I have to find a creative solution to this problem. Uh huh. Right. right. So so and it, and it impacts. I think that it's you know I there's I, I tie in with that because I think I would say from my experience um, over these years as working as a psychotherapist and in the personal growth field and uh, positive psychology and energy psychology, et cetera, is that um, creativity and um, optimism are, 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 are like one, you know, they're, they're just, that's, if you are an optimist, you're going to have creativity. So if you're, most creative people is what I really want to say is that most, the other way, if you look at it, most creative people have a lot of optimism. And sometimes it can like, it can be a little bit like on the lack of reality Uh in the world, you know? So that's kind of a caution that, that some people that are optimists, like 
eternal optimist that sometimes we really have to look, you know, make sure that we're staying grounded and looking at like what we really have to do and say, everything will be just wonderful. Well, it will be wonderful if you do what you need to do on a more mundane level. You know what I'm saying? So, so there's this creativity that just, I'm just kind of adding that in there. That just came to me that because I see that a lot. Um, and believe me, I, I grew up like that. I, I kind of created a, um, my own world that was just this magical world because that's where I wanted to be. And, and it's worked for me pretty well, quite well. But, but it took me years to figure out like, oh, you know, I'm living in this bubble land. You know, I really, there's a lot of practical things that I need to understand too and build up in confidence. It doesn't, being creative doesn't always mean you have a lot of confidence either, you know. That. So, so you have to work with the confidence and the creativity and the positive thinking all together, you know, all of those three pieces. And then, like you said, it, you, have to, you have to be resilient and resourceful. Yes, same. I have a friend who, um, whenever something happens, she puts a smile on her face and says, oh, yay, another opportunity to grow. And... <laughs> That's great. And depending on how difficult the situation is, you can hear the strain in her voice as she says that, but she always says it with a smile. And it may be, you know, with a smile and gritted teeth, but um, I find that I really admire her for her ability to just look at it as a learning opportunity, a growing opportunity, as um, that there really is some good that they cannot see there. When I was going through a very difficult time in my life, I drew a picture and it had clouds on it, but I took some silver paint and I painted on the underside of those clouds because there's always a silver lining and that sounds so Pollyanna-ish, but it isn't because we're here to have joy and happiness and that's what our, our nature is and we need to learn how to work with that other part of our nature which is trying to protect us and keep us safe and not let us do anything risky and all of that so um so how does exercising optimism lead to confidence because as you said you could just be just you know overly optimistic and not be based in reality at all so how can you develop confidence to keep yourself grounded well, you know, it, it, there's, it's kind of like the ROAR, you know, acronym. They're all like interconnected and interrelated and they kind of overlap. Yes. So the confidence does overlap a lot with um, positive thinking. But the, the, the confidence is more about you can be a really positive thinker and really not have good high, uh, high self-esteem. Uh -huh. You can. I mean, that's, that is very common, actually. Uh -huh. I mean, a self-esteem is something that the planet, you know, <laughs> the most everyone on the planet has some level of it. Um, but, you know, of course, the people with the most confidence have the most successful outcomes. So, it, so that becomes a pattern of, you know, the more confidence you have, the more successful outcomes you're creating gives you the more confidence and it builds. Yes. And at the same time with confidence, I see that as a really core issue of our own belief in our own value, our own worth, our own abilities, 
our own skills. So, you know, how confident am I that I, how much do I trust myself? How much do others trust me? Yeah, trust is really, Yeah, the trust, trust is huge. And it's, it's related to the faith issue too. You right. know, we trust that the universe has your back. And you trust that you can make it through anything. You trust yourself. Because, you know, like a pessimist will, they'll have one bad experience and they'll just universalize it to everything. You know, I failed here. And I had the, the, the most difficult thing I ever had was um, spending years dreaming of creating a wellness center. And I did, and I brought in. Uh, you know, I partnered with the medical school at University of Arizona, and I brought in best-selling authors. Uh, I mean, really, f- the most famous ones. And everything was going. This is in the '90s. It failed to make money. It was before the word wellness was even in existence. It was. It was too early. I wasn't a seasoned enough business person. A lot of reasons. Um, and I learned a lot. <laughs> was you know, what I needed, but that. Um, that really colored my, my, my trust that I could build a successful business for a long time, uh-huh. for a long time, you know, I, and so that I really did, I got caught in that myself until I was able to see that, well, that was one experience that was, you know, that's like the light bulb, you know, 2000 tries on that. Excuse oh, me. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, so were you able to take that experience then? You said that it, it held you back because it kind of nailed your confidence. So what would you recommend for somebody who has been run over by one Mack truck after the other for a series of months on end? Um, how would you recommend to them that they believe that they're that the universe is out to do them good when they've just been you know hit by this horrible traumatic thing you know the first thing that comes to me when you say that is that the 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 story or just the philosophy of there's no good and there's no bad it's all good it's always for our good Mm-hmm. So no matter what is happening to you and i've had we've all had those right streaks yeah, what seems like bad luck or you know really hard experiences, like a streak of them, and over the over the years, you know, I I get like okay, if you know you know the story about if it, if you know God taps you on your shoulder, try to get to your attention. So it there's something that you need to learn or look. Maybe it's some shadows that work about yourself. Maybe it's um, something you're not denial, something that you're in denial about, about a relationship. Maybe there's something that you really need to grow and learn. And so, so spirit or God or, you know, your, the universe is nudging you. It starts nudging you. But if we don't get it the first time, then we get nudged again. And then we get nudged. And we get nudged until, I think, for me, it was, it's an awakening to, like, Okay, it's all good. This is not this is not a conspiracy to take me down. <laughs> it's not even a conspiracy to sabotage me or punish me. It's not about punishment. It's not about anything like that. Mm-hmm. When you start feeling like that, like really, I've had times where I, I felt like I was I, I would I questioned if I was being punished or something, you know, because right. you just get so many things in a row and you we get a little less resourceful and strong because we 
we all have that, you know, ability. so ability to go backwards like that. Right. So when it, to, for me, the answer would be to say, you know, this, first of all, really ask yourself, really, really pray, ask yourself and pray. Okay. So ask yourself and journal it. But what I do, I go to prayer. Okay. Whatever you pray to, I mean, you know, so we pray to whatever, mm-hmm. but go in prayer because you have every answer inside of you. We're created like that. For me, we're created. We're part of God. We're divine. And when we really get that, like then you really trust you. You go in and, and you say, you know, this is what I want to bring to you. I I have I can't really understand what's going on. Can, I just talk to me, you know, and then get quiet. Because I, I, I like to mix the, you know, prayer and meditation. So when I pray, and then I just, I, I don't expect anything. If maybe there's going to be nothing, always. It could take five minutes. And then I rest. I just get quiet. And I really just rest. And I always feel kind of like saying, rest in me. You know, you can rest in me. And when I do that, I'm like giving up. I'm surrendering my control over the whole world and every situation in it right. and the control over any situation. I can't control these things, every single thing, or I've been trying to control everything. And when I let go of that control and I really surrender to, you know, I just allow me to know what it is. I'm, I, I, I know that I'm not in control here. I'm, I want to find my true power. Where can I, use the power that you have given to me as part of my divinity. And then I let it go. I rest in that peace. Even if I heard nothing, I rest because I brought it to, for me, I call it God. I brought it to my higher power, my higher self. And then I always hear, I always get, you know, start getting, and I, it's built over the years. It's built like I literally have community talks with conversations with God. You know, I, I do so that I, and, and do I still, you know, get, um, you know, I'll find myself like, oh, I'm actually getting scared here. I'm getting nervous. Or I'm getting a little frustrated or something. And I'll, I'll get like that. And then I'll, you know, remember, oh, remember, bring this, you know. And then the meditation, I really like it's because it's the letting go. Meditation is like, you know, just to watch your thoughts come in, get yourself quiet, empty your mind, and then observe your thoughts and let them go. Just let them go. And not only you start, you start seeing your thought patterns, your aperture, also able to let them go and find acceptance in the moment. You know, that when you get whatever is to find acceptance of whatever is. Right. And then you're going to have a better outcome much more quickly, which optimism is all about. Your outcomes are going to come more quickly. And I'll just say that one story I, I, I always would tell my clients. There's two stories, little short stories. And one is about this Chinese farmer, and he has two sons. And one day they, a beautiful stallion comes into their farm. And the oldest son and, their, and the neighbors go, oh, you're so lucky. You're, that's so wonderful. You're so lucky. And they're feeling like this. And the oldest son gets on the, on the, the stallion and he throws him and he bucks him and he breaks his leg. And, and they're going, on, oh, that's so terrible. It's so terrible. It is a terrible thing. You know, the neighbors are all saying that. 
Well, then the, the country, the province goes to war and they come around to get the oldest sons to take them to war. Well, he can't go to war because his leg is broken. So it's just, it's just a little metaphor for, you know, when something looks great, the stallion came, oh, that looks so great. It actually can cause, you know, another mishap or right. something negative or it's, it seems negative or unfor a misfortune. And then the misfortune can look bad. So you're saying, so if you have a series of misfortunes, it's like, it's only there, there's, a, there's something, the, big, the, the longer the streak of it or the bigger the, you know, mishap or the, you know, fall, falling in of your world, um, falling out, you know, pulling the rug on you, I would say, oh my gosh, this is something really amazing. I'm going to have such a breakthrough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sure you do that all the time. I'm gonna. I just. This is gonna be an amazing breakthrough because I know. I. I know that. I know that. But it doesn't mean that I might have to have three, in a row before I can get there because we are just not. You know, always operating perfectly on that. On that. Right, and it is important. It is important to sit and and be quiet because mm. you can, you can worry something to death, and that's not helpful in. Uh, in being uh, resilient or having optimism, because if you're really going to give it to God or the universe, then you can't take it back. It's not like I give this to you and then, oh, by the way, I want it back so I can go worry about it some more. So, right. um, so what would you say, um, we are wrapping up here. So what would you say the first step to take and start building that optimism muscle? The first thing that I would recommend in building it is to become aware. Just start being aware, keeping that journal. That's why I, I believe in it. So I've seen it just change people. And so quickly in myself, I was, I, when I did my therapy, that's how I learned that tool. Okay. And it changed my worldview in one week. Okay, wonderful. So Linda, how can people find more about you? Oh, they can go to lindamercer.com and uh, I have a lovely website there. And there's also a, a, a free gift that they can, and on the website, they can get a free gift, which is if it's specifically for autoimmune disease or, or if, to see if you have autoimmune disease. It's a, a, a quiz. But on my, on my Facebook page, which is uh, 10 Minute Wellness with the number 10, 10 minute wellness there's a free um download for it's a energy quiz and because energy we didn't have time to really talk about specifically about energy medicine today because that's a whole another huge exciting <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to do this again everything to do yeah with with uh, healing miracles too yeah uh, that's a really exciting one but so this is you know so energy is it, it's to help to so you can see where your energy is and then you get a five-day uh, kind of Kickstarter program with that, with both of those. You get a five-day, like, workbook with it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Thank you very much for joining us, Linda. This is Michelle Nagel at Roar to Win, and our guest today has been Linda Mercer, the Healing Miracles Coach. And go to her website, www.lindamercer.com. She's got a bunch of stuff for you. Also, the Facebook page, would you give us that again, please? Yes, 10minutewellness.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Linda, for joining us. And please 
Come back to join us again. We will have more really excellent uh, guests on our next podcast on Roar to Win. Thanks and have a great week. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.